All right, welcome. Hey, Kay. Hey, Sean. How are you guys doing today? Hey, guys. Hello. Very well. And you? All right. Welcome back to the Trading Triangle. Uh, we're here for another week's prep of trading, looking at charts. Uh, quick disclaimer up front, as we always do. Remember, we are not trading professionals or financial advisors. We're here to provide entertainment, education value for you. So hopefully you find that useful and helpful with your trading, but mostly just uh, something to enjoy on a Sunday. Uh, we have the we have a crazy week coming up ahead of us. I mean, I don't know if you guys would agree there. It seems like just oh. tons, tons of information coming up this week uh, to deal with with our trading. So that'll be interesting. Um, and then markets last week kind of, I mean, overall pretty flat, honestly, except for the small caps um, kind of coming up to speed. So we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, I think uh, we should dive into the charts. Anything we, before we get into it, Sean? How was your day so far? Yeah, it's been good. Obviously, it's 7 p.m. here, so I've had most of the day already. Um, yeah. But yeah, got up, had some breakfast with my dad. It's his birthday tomorrow, so that was nice. And then, uh, yeah, went to the beach for about an hour. So, and, uh, I'm always jealous. Like, I get on here, and you're, your day's rolling, and yeah. you're always energized. I love it. It's yeah, good stuff. The back. beach, too. The beach, oh, it's, you know? it must be lovely, right? Uh, London, what's the, what's the weather? It must be pretty hot this week, right, in London? It is. So it's about 24, 25. Um, but obviously, because it's England, it's very humid, so it feels a lot stickier. But I'm in yeah. Thailand, something like that. But and just for <laughs> just for the <laughs> listeners, uh, <laughs> he's talking about the centigrade, not Fahrenheit. So oh, yeah. sorry, yes, yeah. <laughs> Gotta do the quick math. Gotta do the quick math. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. But, uh, the beach is something that we desperately need here in the desert. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about UK? Having a good day. It's having a good day, having a great day. Uh, it's been it's been crazy though, right? The last week was crazy, especially for news for a couple of stocks that we'll go through. And I know, you know, we have a lot to cover today, so let's get rolling. Yeah, I think we just jump right into it, right? So let's do that. Um, looking at last week's uh, numbers, you know, S and P. I mentioned everything was kind of flat. S and P and the Dow were up just over uh, about three tenths, four tenths of a percent. Nasdaq was basically flat. Uh, the Russell 2K was up uh, 1.9% on the week, so that was pretty nice. A uh, little bit of recovery there. Um, it's up almost 6% on the year, but the NASDAQ still leading at up a strong 26.68% on the year. Uh, S&P behind that, 11.96. And the Dow basically is struggling to keep up at 2.2% to the upside. Um, yep. Bitcoin, Bitcoin pulled back a little bit this week. I don't think we've seen negative numbers in Bitcoin on a week uh, recently, but... Uh, down to up, I mean, <laughs> down to up. Uh, it's up 55% on the year. So still obviously performing well in the year, but it pulled back a bit. We were well, well above the 60% line for the past, past few weeks. And then the VIX. So the VIX dropped off by quite a bit this week, got below 14, closed at 13.83 Friday. Exactly. Um, yep. it, yeah. But Friday, it was rising, which is interesting, right? Heading into the coming week, um, we've got. Not a ton with earnings. We'll get into that coming up in a minute. But uh, yeah, any comments on the performance last week and these names jump out to you guys? I think Tesla is one. You see 16% for the week. So it's, it's been crazy. Now there was a news uh, for Tesla. I know you guys are going to cover Tesla, but uh, with GM, like few few weeks ago, we had Ford signing up with Tesla. Now we have GM. And this is just the start of the, you know, the other companies i guess in the ev space so that's a major move for tesla i just want to touch upon quickly on the fear and greed index because uh things have been changing uh, recently so 528 when we met it was 66 last week was 65 
And the end at this point right now, it's 77, which is extreme greed. You already touched upon VIX. VIX is at the all-time low kind of a scenario. Um, put to call, 0.74 going in. So that's leading up to why the fear and greed is so um, high, why the greed is so high. So it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting week next week. A lot of, um, I guess, uh, events are going to come together. Uh, we have the FOMC coming up. We have the CPI coming up. Uh, we have the job reports coming up. And then we'll have the quad witching, which is on the Friday. So, yeah. Yeah, lots happening. Lots happening. Let me throw no, in nothing for me. Sorry, Sean, go ahead. No, no, nothing too much for me. It's a bit more of a kind of, it was, it was a green week, of course, but as you saw a lot of companies, you can see they're kind of down. Um, so for me, it was felt a bit mixed overall, to be honest. Um, obviously, I had near earnings on Friday, so I'll talk a bit about that later on. But yeah, it was an interesting week. Yeah, let's let's get into some of these charts here. Um, oh yeah, earnings first. I, I I have two names on this list. K. I'm looking at Oracle Monday and Adobe Thursday after markets. Same. About right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Nothing, nothing else left in there. Maybe Kroger if you if you're into consumer, uh, you know, staple. It, I guess. Yeah, the staples. I'm more curious about consumer um, discretionary and how well that's going to be performing here. But, yeah. Anything else to add on the the earnings, Sean? Kind of a no, there's not much there, is there? So uh, yeah. I think we're waiting for the next earnings cycle now. The big earnings was last Friday. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, let's see here. What else do I want to jump on before we get going? I mean, really, that rate decision Wednesday is is going to be the big deal. I wonder if we're going to get a lot of volatility heading into it or just, you know, flatness and everybody waiting to hear what's going to happen. What's your take, though? Do you think um, I know the last I saw was 75 percent would be a pause? Now, I'm pretty sure that number might have changed by the time I sure by now. Um, but what, what what's your take, you guys, if you want to do a quick round? What, what do you think is going to be a pause? It's going to be hike? Or what, what do you think? You first, Sean. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a pause. Um I'm slightly optimistic about that because obviously I'm a British investor, that kind of thing, trader. So I always have that the kind of positive side coming coming out of me. Um, but I think pause would be good for the markets, especially. Um, I think we got a bit of jobs data last week. Um, I don't look into that too much detail, really, but um, it does help the kind of Fed rate decisions of you know pause and hiking and that kind of thing. So I, I'm sticking with the pause. Yeah, I, I uh, think a pause is probably likely, but. I don't know. I mean, I feel like given the run um, and where we're at mm-hmm. levels wise, and if they're really data dependent, then maybe they keep hiking, maybe another 50 basis points. That's kind of where my head's at. Um, but 25, 50, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it just given all of the positive movement recently, and, you know, I think the Fed does pay pretty close attention to the stock market. So that's where my head's at. Yeah. I mean, I'm also, I'm also biased towards being a pause uh but if if the inflation comes off you know very sticky and i think there were a lot of cnbc contributors they uh, they were on the same point that 2% is um is a pipe dream at the current point in time and right. it, and we are not st- we are still not seeing the real impact uh, of the tightening that is happening we saw the bank runs that happened a little while earlier, but things have kind of like uh, stabilized. Fed came in, they saved the day, and then things are back to normal. Now we are, nobody's even talking about recession. It's, it's like a, 
everybody has forgotten is like in the back view mirror, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying that AI has saved the recession. <laughs> Man, that AI can do a lot. Save us a recession. Let's hear it. Well, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, um, I, you could put me in the skeptical camp if you want. I am not a uh, typical bear or perma bear by any stretch, but, um, you know, I read the charts and I like to pay attention to the charts and, and stay true to them and stay, remain as a technician. So, um, yeah, that's that's why I'm kind of uh, cautious, to say the least. And uh, here's, the, you know, here's the spy chart. I mean, I think it's a great segue just to get right into it. Yep. Here we are right at the, you know, prior highs that you know, we want to test out at 432 key level. You know, I saw this funny meme this week. It, I can't remember exactly, but it was it was uh, the Braveheart stuff. And it was like at 411, you know, or 4,000 for the S&P. Hold, hold. You know, 411, hold. hold. Now we're at 432. <laughs> it's like, go. I'll see that seems backwards, right? Like <laughs> Here we are, peaked out at the the, the highest levels. And, and everybody's like, yes, let's jump in and, and push this thing higher. And I'm all for it. I mean, you know, I'm majority invested. I'm not all sitting in cash or something, but I am raising cash because here we are at 432, the candle on Friday that tried to get up there, it just touched the level and was really weak and closed right back down near the open. Um, all week long, we just couldn't quite get there. And then we made this one attempt. So um, who knows what next week will bring, but with all that news you mentioned, Kay, I can't imagine people are just going to pile in and blast through this 432 level. It's going to be a tough one because even I know we, I jumped on the option side, but the put to call is 1.9. So very bearish. You know, it's, it's very standard uh, being on SPY, very bearish. But yeah. Yeah, protecting yeah, that but, downside. With the news, it's going to be a tricky week, I think. I mean, generally, when Jerome Powell starts talking, the market just goes absolutely nuts up, down, up, down. Um, sometimes it's a pullback, but there's like a beef shape recovery. It's just going to be one of those weeks where it could just go anywhere. Um, I mean, anyone can say that. Yes. Yeah. Well, but just watch yourself, I guess. Yeah. So I guess my big point on this chart is I don't see a, a huge volume blast through this this key level coming this mm -hmm. week, given all the uncertainty. And if that's the case, then you know, for me, I, if I when I get to these big levels, right, you want to see it move through with force. For example, when we broke through the four twenty level. You can see that big green candle, you know, solidly through and then gapped up the following day. Um, and, you know, we you go back further, you go down the 411 level. It had tested, it broke through and failed a few times there. Um, but once it it broke through firmly, got up to 420, came back and retested it, it moved higher. So it's not like it's just going to power right through. And uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like we're at a, a pause, pausing moment at the to say the least. So at the, at the same time, wouldn't it be healthy for just kind of a bit of consolidation, a bit of a pullback? Because we are quite far above the, both of those moving averages, the two lower ones anyway. It looked like it worked out at the 411 level, right? We got that consolidation exactly. and then push yeah. up. So yeah, that does make some sense to me. Yeah. Um, let's see, we got your chart here next. Looks like I you've mean, got very, a very similar chart. Yeah, I was going to say, it's very, very similar. <laughs> I've got obviously the, the major support there at 418. And um, yeah, so the, the range I've got, I was really pleased with myself, actually. I had a bit of a moment where I was thinking, wow, I did quite well there. That range I've got hit, hit obviously at the top perfectly. Um, the previous high back in, I don't know when that is, probably June-ish last year, maybe. Uh, might be a bit further back. 
Um, but yeah, uh, not really much more to say. We've spoken about it a little bit more, uh, on this uh, already. But yeah, positive momentum, if we can stay above the moving averages, especially the 20, um, I think we're doing okay for the rest of the year. Obviously, it's all news dependent as well. So. <laughs> okay, you mentioned that option sentiment. It's, yeah. it's, it's sticking in line, right? Staying where we would expect it to be here. Yeah, I mean, we we I think we will see a big volume on Friday because it's a quad witching day. And um, for 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 the listeners, if you're not sure what quad witching is, yeah, uh, we will put a link to the video that we produced uh, in our description after the video after this uh, session ends. So definitely go take a look at it. But basically, it happens four times a year where the four uh, contracts they expire simultaneously. So generally, uh, you would have uh, the institutions either are going to close contracts, roll contracts, open new contracts. So it necessarily doesn't mean that the stock market will moon or crash. It just means that on that day, which is Friday, you will see a lot of trading. So a lot of uh, open and close uh, that was going to happen. So the volume will go up uh, significantly. So, and that, so that's something to keep in mind, um, unless you like those volatile days, um, you, you can trade those. For investors, I don't think much is going to happen. You know, they can just sit tight and enjoy the ride. Yeah, good stuff. Those uh, zero-day DTEs probably going to go nuts next week. You know, I, I might even give it a shot and try, you know, gamble once oh. in a while. <laughs> oh, there he goes. There, he's admitting it. <laughs> uh, I love the honesty, Kay. It's good stuff. So, hey, looking at the queues, because we have been talking a lot of tech, and queues have been powering higher and leading the way. I like mentioned up 26% on the year, over 26%, just blowing everything else out of the water. Everybody's talking about the Magnificent Seven and, and a lot of concentration, of course. But just looking at the actual chart here, uh, the four-hour candles are kind of highlighting uh, the the recent peaks and troughs, I guess you could say, or, you know, high points and low points. And it looks like maybe we're going to be ranging a little bit here, trying to figure out what direction to go, kind of in line with what we've been talking about. So 346 is the low end of that range, 346.51 to be precise. And then about 357.44. We peaked out there um, last week and then retested it twice, right? Only to really kick back and reject pretty quickly. Um, so to me, that's not very bullish heading into the this coming week for the queues. You know, we, we're talking short term here, the, the coming week, really. Um, but this is the range I'd be looking at. And if we do get some positive sentiment and a break above that 357 level, maybe a retest and move higher, uh, you could take a trade on that retest. I, I like that considering a trade like that. Um, but then, you know, if we pull back to that 346 level that I mentioned, um, look for some support there and maybe trade uh, a little bit higher off of it. Conversely, if it breaks down, you know, uh, the next level I've got is, what do I have here? Almost 340. So kind of clean 340, then 330. Um, but that's what I'm seeing here is just trying to trade this near-term volatility in the queues and use these ranges. Yeah, I like that. What I, what I see on this chart is um, those lower candles on the left side of the screen. You start to draw a trend line from there to kind of where we are now. Mm -hmm. If we broke that trend and then went down to 46, would it break that perhaps as well with a bit of, a bit of uh, momentum, a bit of volatility? Yeah, that's a really the, good. That's, I think that's a great observation. In it fact, depends in, where that trend line goes back to, I suppose. But yeah, it's just it idea. does. And, and, you know, I was yeah. looking at this morning, and I think you're right. It does go back. There's another point oh, okay. that aligns with this tr this trend line, and uh, maybe we can add that afterwards. It's something I talked about in my newsletter this week, actually, posted this morning, is tr trading using trend lines. Um, so I think it's a really good point you're making here. If it does break 
that trend, even in this, this shorter term time frame, if, if we don't go back any further, just use what we've got here, um, that would be a signal to me that uh, you know not only are we heading lower, but we've lost momentum. We shall see. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the funny thing about QQQ is um, the put-to-call ratio is 2.01. So for SPY, it was 1.9, I think. Uh, so you have much more bearish sentiment uh, on the QQQ as opposed to SPY. So, yeah. so that's either... been quite consistent. It's been quite consistent over the last few weeks, isn't it? Exactly. Bearish yeah. sentiments, even though it just keeps going straight up. It's a ton of hedging, right? So either way, yeah. people are losing money. Unfortunately. <laughs> 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 either you're, you're betting against the queues, which is not a good bet this year, uh, or you're hedging and uh, the hedge is not. You know, it's it's a great uh, risk. I always recommend hedging. I shouldn't talk like I'm not recommending hedging, but you're going to lose some money as the, as this trade continues to move higher. Yeah, and then just one one comment for investors, right? So a lot of people they invest in index funds, right? So you dollar cost average into SPY and QQQ. I I do that too, but I generally stop dollar cost averaging when we have these high elevated levels because what you want to do dollar cost average on red days when it pulls back, so that you know you you can you can gain those few additional points because when you do that for a long period of time you will see that your um, end result will be much, much better compared to if you just dollar cost average uh, in a robotic fashion uh, every every sta- every third of the month, yeah. for example, right? Rather than that, I think, especially when you are at the elevated levels, I think you should hold off spending that cash and keep it tight. And when, the, when those pullback happens, that's when you dollar cost average. That's just how I've been doing it at least. And on top of that, um, you can actually combine that with some very basic indicators like RSI and just a 50 million average. So every time it comes down and touches a 50 million average, you might put a lot in, um, a lot as in like an amount, not a lot of money. <laughs> um, and then if it came <laughs> down to like a certain point on the RSI, like a 30, very basic indicators. There's videos on that, of course. Um, and then just using that as well could be a good DCA strategy, just adding on to that. Okay. Yeah, I really no, like absolutely. Yeah, and maybe for the for the listeners, if uh, if you would prefer, I think Sean, you can probably you know we can put together a, a quick video or something on these lines, right? Uh, yeah. Both on from an investing and trading standpoint, because I think learning these basic indicators is, is important. It doesn't matter whether you're an investor or a trader. I think so. Yeah, it's good to I, have on your arsenal. I really like the crossover here. So you know, you get a lot of folks talking about, oh, I don't trade, I invest, or I, I trade and, and I and I invest, but I don't like to mix the two um, because, it, I mean, frankly, you can mess up your trading if you're thinking this long-term bias, but trading a short-term trade, right? But conversely, if you are investing for the long-term and you're looking to buy positions, you can use these trading techniques, as Kay mentioned and Sean's highlighting, to, you know, find the low points, find when RSI is at, you know, levels or or near the 50-day moving average to, you know, get a little bit more optimal buys. So I do like that. I have my account that I DCA with. I go to cash initially, and then I go look at it throughout the month and see where I'm going to go buy. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Awesome. The queues continue. Cues, yeah. I just need to move my light. I can't see the actual lines. Um, <laughs> so we have a little wedge that I've drawn. Um, not too sure if it's too cemented, uh, but actually I think it includes that trend line we just spoke about on your four hour one there. Ah, um, I see, see that. The kind of pink one come up underneath there. Um, and I've just combined it with the wedge just because um, you can see the, the points of contact on the top there, three in the last kind of four or five days-ish. 
And um, if we continue kind of trading within this kind of wedge, you can see a push up, and obviously that'd be that'd be great. Maybe a move towards 368. And it, likewise, if we push down, I'd be looking to touch the 20 moving average first. And if we do break that, um, by the time we can get there, that might actually touch there already. But if we break that, I'm looking at 337. Um, just from basic point of view here, uh, 368 and 337 would be my points of target, uh, potentially if we break this wedge. What's the options looking like on this, K? The Oh, you mentioned that. Q's are 2.01. Never mind. Two point, yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. it's much more bearish opposed bearish. to SPY. Yeah. So it's funny because it, <laughs> it's funny how my brain works. I start looking at charts and it just wipes away everything else that I was thinking and I just start focusing on the chart. And my initial thought was, this looks bearish. <laughs> 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 and so I immediately wanted to know what the, the put the call ratio was in. Yeah, so 2.01, like you mentioned before. Um, yeah, I don't have too much more to add other than I do like that you've got the moving averages in here, Sean. It does help with some support levels that could be coming up if we get a pullback. So like yeah. three, what, 45-ish for that 20-day might provide some support. Sean, if you can just quickly clarify, you have yellow, that is what, 50-day? Uh, yellow is the 20 moving average, and okay. the, the 50 is the blue one. Okay. And, and then, then the, right the down the bottom is, is the 200 down 200. There. Okay. So do yeah. we do you also use 20 as well on top of 50? What, can, you, can you kind of quickly explain the difference between the 20 and 50, and how do you actually use to understand the trend? Yeah, so the 20, honestly, really the 20, 50, and the 200 are the kind of most popular ones that people use. So a lot of people will trade off of those moving averages. Therefore, if a buy point comes in at that point and everyone's putting their money on, it most likely kind of move in that direction. Obviously, not all the time, um, but 20, I kind of move, uh, use more for day trading. Um, it's good for the long term as well, um, but for day trading on the five minute, the 15 minute, the one hour, even the two hour actually is quite good, the 20 move average, but I use it for more shorter term. But the 50, if a stock comes down to a 50, as you can kind of see the cues here, they touched a 50 kind of mid-March. Um, if I was a long position, I'd be buying on the 50. I don't know. I don't really buy on long-term um, holds on, on the 20. It doesn't make too, too much sense to me. But I use the 20 for a short term. I do the same thing, Sean. Same exact. Okay. Yeah, I trade the 20 for short-term trading and looking for maybe some support or resistance. Mm. And the 50 is a much stronger level and more so for the longer term. But obviously, use it for short-term trades. Yeah. You know, I, I think, Go ahead. So the, the 200 as well is just kind of the ultimate support for me, just to add that I on see. there. Yeah. I see. Sorry. No, Sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of actually now adding the 20 day, especially for the, the weekly options. If, you know, for folks who are thinking of doing mm. weekly options, I think 20 might give us, especially when you have these massive gap ups in the certain stocks that you trade, I think 20 does provide a little bit more because it takes a much longer time for 50 to actually catch up or at least, you know, see mm. a trend. Uh, on longer time frame, but yeah, so I, I'll I'll do the testing for twenty, and I'll probably report uh, to you guys what's going on. That's yeah, actually. last night, that's week. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You know what I do with the just to add to that real quickly is with this, the moving averages is, you know, you you can put in a number of different moving averages. You might want to even look at the nine, the twenty, the fifty, hundred fifty, two hundred day, and just see which and and look at all of your your holdings and see which line is being respected because some stocks will, you know, or not some stocks, stocks will tend to pick one of those moving averages and respect it. Right. So it may not be respecting the 20, but it absolutely respects the 50. Mm. Um, that's something you can notice and mm. then, you know, kind of clear out the moving averages and pay attention to the one that's working. 
Oh, that's a neat trick. I'm going to definitely try it out. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so uh, I think we get into the individual holdings. I'll hand it over to you, Sean, and take it away. Awesome, yeah. So I've got uh, Tesla, Neo, Palantir, and Unity, uh, which obviously been in the news this week. So we'll start off with Tesla, obviously, here. It looks like a little bit of more of a messy chart, um, but all I've done is just really zoomed out. So that's why there's so many lines. And um, if you zoom in, obviously, it does become a little bit more spaced out. Um, but what I really want to highlight here is this um, literally highlight is the yellow part in the top left corner of this of this uh, picture. You can see that 252 level mark. It could be 250 as well on the slightly psychological side, but that is where we've touched on uh, Friday and we came down fairly heavily actually from that um, from that line. Um, but you, you can also see my projection line, which you were quite fascinated with, Nate, last week of the pink line, and it's completely ignored that. Like we like we said, it could do, and <laughs> Tesla does do that quite often. Um, but yeah, just looking back at the chart, my my key point here is um, the twenty crossing through the two hundred, and that's known as the golden cross or you know the positive momentum. I think the golden cross is technically the fifty moving through the two hundred, uh, which we could quite see as well. Um, and that's the blue line going through the red line. Um, but yeah, that's what I want to kind of uh, note this week is the kind of positive momentum that has gone on. Obviously, the news is helping with um, the back, the kind of charging going to GM and Ford as well, which will really boost their kind of uh, just, uh, popularity, as popular as it is anyway, but you know, more popularity and support and the infrastructure, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's what I see. The moving averages looking good. Yeah, that what a chart. <laughs> yeah. like, I like that you zoomed out and you have all your levels. Honestly, I know people don't like uh, messy charts. So some of my charts, like uh, so many lines, but uh, I like it. It shows the, you know, the key levels here, but you really did highlight the, the, the right one. I think the 252 level, what a run, what a run. Yeah, quite um, the run. And it could always continue as well. You know what Tesla's like, it has made this move before um, and what's stopping it, you know, is Tesla at the end of the day. You got the um, direction right. I mean, not, yeah, <laughs> not as steep of an angle, right? But uh, yeah, you got the direction nailed. I think my license to uh, to get rid of that pink line is now well underway. Yeah. No, I I think you should leave the pink line because uh, I we want let's let's track it for a couple of weeks and see is it like a vertical takeoff or is it actually going to come back and you know kind of sideways trade. Try leave it for a couple of weeks and we'll see how that plays out. Okay, yeah, I'll leave it on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you know we have seen some more stocks recently which have a vertical takeoff, and when every time you have a vertical takeoff, I I I kind of switch my bullish brain to the bearish side, just to yeah. like I'm like you know this is this is by the way as a, as a public service announcement, um, I hope a lot of people took chances if you are trading actively with Tesla, you, I'm pretty sure you should have taken advantage of selling covered calls during the last week. Because the premiums were really very juicy. I'm sure you could sell like 300 strike calls or something ridiculous like that. Oh right? my God. Yeah. I, I actually rolled by 250 calls, which were expiring in January of 24 to March. And um, yeah. And, and I added some more cash. So 250 call and that's fine. A lot of people get scared that their calls will get exercised. Listen, I mean, end of the day, it's trading. You know, it's like you are taking that risk when you do covered calls. And that's why when you are selling strikes, make sure you take as much comfort, uh, as much buffer you want. So you can sell at whatever price you like. But um, if it yeah. breaks 250, my uh, covered calls will be negative, which is completely fine. 
we can roll it again and you can collect some more premiums as you extend the time it just helps nice awesome. yeah that's quite the move last week we'll yeah. have to see what tesla's got left in the tank <laughs> plenty of history there fantastic should we move on to uh, did, you catch, did you catch the subtle joke there <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get the chart switched over. Sorry, Sean. What do we got next? Uh, this one. So we have a. So we had earnings on Friday. It was it was mixed. It's kind of what we expected. Um, he came out with some more news on kind of the deliveries, etc. But I'm not going to go into that. Um, I do have a video on my channel which you can go ahead and see. I released it on Friday, um, all about new earnings and my reaction. But really, I wanted to look at the technicals. That's why we're here. We're looking at charts. Um, so we, you can see my blue writing there. Big rejection. Um, for some reason, it kind of exploded on market open. Um, I got very quickly excited, but then realized, eh, not really sure why it's doing this. Um, but yeah, you can see why it's a massive rejection off there. Big, big top in tail. Um, this is the daily chart as well. Uh, so it's not even like a two hour chart. Uh, we do have some massive uh, price action here. So it kind of touched up to kind of 880, didn't it? So and it came straight back down. And um, yeah, I, I don't see positive uh, momentum for this stock just for this move alone and that's all i'm going to really say on this i can go on for hours on neo as you know i have done in the past many many weeks but rejecting off the 20 and the 50 and all of these um, resistance lines um i see it kind of going down in this channel that i've drawn towards that kind of maybe not six dollars but kind of around six six fifty would be my kind of should we say prediction even though it's not financial advice we, we mentioned at the beginning but yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking do you have any thoughts on this, Nate, on this chart? I, I'd actually have, yeah. Uh, um, that, that candle you mentioned on Friday, that big spike, um, what that actually looked like to me, uh, not not right out of the gates, so no, you know, I couldn't predict anything. But now looking at it in hindsight, that looks like uh, people covering their positions. So um, I, I don't – maybe I have that backwards, but it just looks to me like um, – this is going lower. I'm with you. I don't see any reason to get too excited. That big rejection. I mean, so if you buy up, yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe I've got that wrong. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But um, as far as um, people piling in there, I'm just trying to think of the reasoning. But I I, I want to say it has to do with just covering trades. Maybe I can follow up on that a little bit later today. But yeah, I'm with you. I actually took a short position in Neo for the very near term, trying to uh, collect some cash here and we'll see how it plays out but i'm following your wedge yeah that, that makes sense i mean you can see also just the trend line it's it, um, respected as well it's just it's just not looking great for, for neo um i'm not gonna keep um, repeat myself okay any options uh yeah data op- on this one? Op- op- option is very bullish actually yeah option oh, okay. is very bullish yeah you have 0.51 what to call um but again, you know, I mean, we have been repeating this for a while now. You know, stocks that are retail favorites generally have a favorable put-to-call ratio, right? So they are always more call options compared to put options. So when you're dealing with stocks like, let's say, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, that's where the institutional players have a much bigger play versus retail side. But when you're looking at SoFi, Palantir, uh, you know, Neo, these are retail favorite stocks. So generally tend to have a lot of call options because... People do gamble with their call options a lot, especially in these stocks. Exactly. Mm, we've like, had a sorry. I was gonna say, just like uh, what Kay was talking about earlier, using the zero DTTs uh, yeah, yeah. this week. <laughs> you got some gamblers out there. 
exactly. <laughs> if you can hold this seven dollar mark, I'd be very happy, but I'm not so optimistic. Um, but yeah, in the next picture, we've had a few questions in the past about does it really follow Tesla and, and the kind of automobile um, kind of EV market, shall we say? Does it follow that? And I, I posted these two photos, and the HSI, if you don't know, is the Hang Seng Index, which is the Hong Kong stock market, basically. Nice. And uh, I've, I've done the year out. I was going to do the year to date, but Tesla was ripping so much, it just looked a bit too, you know, uh, hard to believe. So I went a year out, and you can kind of see it does move a little bit. Um, but generally, you can see the shape of the lines, if, if you can go there, on the right side, so the Neo HSI. Uh, from the turn of, well, since really November, you can kind of see the shapes of the lines. They kind of do meet, um, like the little peaks and the little drops. They kind of correlate with each other. Obviously, the amounts are different. That's why the lines are so far apart. Whereas Neo versus Tesla just doesn't. Um, I find the peaks and the troughs to be quite uh, different, sometimes opposite. Um, I'd like to get your guys' feedback on this, if you see anything different. Um, obviously, I'm just I'm a couple of pair of eyes. It's nice to have six pairs of eyes, well, three pairs of eyes, I suppose. Yeah. You first, Kay. <laughs> no, I, I think, um, you know what I was thinking? Uh, maybe it might not be a bad idea to actually put a couple other EV companies as well. And let's map that out and, and just track it just for our purposes, because... Um, they do follow, and the, and the problem with Tesla and Neo is the price range is massively big, right? Mm -hmm. And I, but they have strong supporters, right? From a retail investment standpoint, uh, not so much on the institutional side, uh, considering Neo is a Chinese company, and we have a lot of geopolitical tension with Neo, uh, with, sorry, with China and United States. But I think it might be just for our trading purposes and for the audience, it it might not be a bad idea to something have. Just to have a chart where we see Tesla, Neo, we can even throw GM, Ford in there just to see how they track. And even a couple other like Polestar, uh, Lucid, Rivian, and see how, how they track. Maybe we might yeah. see, maybe we might find some correlation between the non-Teslas and Tesla. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, that'd be great if you can pull that in, Sean. Yeah. What I'm seeing here with the Tesla and Neo is clear divergence since about February, March. And... Um, I'm wondering if that has to do with, I don't remember the exact timing of the China reopening, but, you know, since then numbers have been lagging what expectations were, like some big reopening and big uh, push for, uh, you know, additional demand out there. And um, I don't know if that plays into this at all or not, but it definitely looks like the two are going in opposite directions. So if you pull in like the Fords, GMs, that would be very interesting. I think, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, that's good. No, it's just more of a sector momentum wanted to pull up. I think I will add some more in there, that's for sure. We'll bring it on yeah. next week. This is a great look. Thanks, Sean. That's all right. Uh, so, yeah, we'll move on to Palantir. And, of course, I've got a big green line this time uh, at $17. And uh, that's because you can see this. Oh, sorry. I should have started, but this is the weekly chart. Um, so I took a little bit of a step back. Everyone's looking at the daily. Everyone's looking at the hour chart because they're very, very excited about the very near term. But I'm more excited about the long term. Um, as you know, we kind of bought on, on Palantir. Um, but yeah, so we can see a big projection off that $17 mark. And that was to be expected, at least in my opinion, um, just because obviously the stock has massively run up in the last five weeks. You can see five candles there bang straight up. Um, what I would be key to look at is the support. I can see at about 14 um, there, thereabouts, roughly. Um, so if we can trade between 14 and 17 over the next, or well, basically until the next earnings report in, in August, that would be the ideal situation as a Palantir investor. Uh, but likewise, if it does come down back down to that 13, I'd be more than happy with that as well. Gives time for those moving averages to come through. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's what I see on this chart this, on this week. That's quite the reversal. You could call Palant or May is now the month of Palantir or something. Like that <laughs> is the whole month, right? Just straight up. If you sold in yeah. May and went away for Palantir, you missed out big time. And just to just to add on to all of this, the uh, the volume down there, five straight weeks of very high volume. Um, so the, the volume's there and it's staying around by looks of it. Yeah, sustained volume. That's huge. I mean, would you agree, Kay? That to me is maybe the biggest thing on this chart. I agree. I think the volume makes a big difference. You know, again, the put to call 0.61. And I want to just quickly touch upon next week's uh, open interest. So on the call side, you have almost 40,000 call options expiring at 16. And then on the put side, you have the highest one is 20,000 at 11, which I don't see how we can go to 11 from these levels unless uh, I'm completely missing it. Yeah. So never say never, Kay. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying never, but I'm saying uh, for the next five days, uh, it seems, uh, I mean, unless we see a massive uh, drawdown in the market, which could happen on Wednesday, right? Um, mm. Could happen on Tuesday. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, but it's um, but but at least from an open interest standpoint, it looks much more bullish. There are a lot more call options, and which kind of relates to the ratio, which I said 0.61. Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm go ahead, okay. no, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say um, the four. I don't know if you mentioned this specifically, but that fourteen twenty level that we broke above. Um, that was prior resistance, right? You can see the rejections multiple weeks in the past. And now that we're firmly above it, it looks like we had a week of indecision. Like, are we going to hold this level? Then last week is like, yeah, we're going to hold it. We're going to press higher only to pull back. Right. And, but it did close, you know, well above that, that 1420. So maybe that is our new support level to really key in on. Yeah, I did touch on that with the 14. And yeah. what people sometimes don't realize with those weekly candles, you can see back in the, uh, I don't know when that is, maybe early 2022, um, you can, within those candles, there will be hourly candles and two hourly candles that will be hitting that point on multiple occasions. So it's not just touching this at five times, it could be touching it 12, 13 times potentially, um, which makes that resistance point even stronger, which therefore makes the support um, line even stronger. Yeah, it's a great level to watch. 14 for Palantir. Fantastic. <laughs> 14. 14 for Palantir, yes. Write that yes. one down. <laughs> Noted. All right, what's next? What do we got? So, yeah, this one we have Unity. Um, and this one is basically it's news-based, of course. Uh, news beats technicals all day long, and you can see that on Monday. Uh, they had a big partnership with Apple with their new Vision Pro. Obviously, it was the biggest hype of that, of that well, basically the whole week. Um, the Vision Pro is taking over the world. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, not very happy, bless him. But that's uh, that's for a different kind of different show. <laughs> but from basically on a technical point of view, you can see my yellow um, arrow there, and I'm really looking forward to this 20 um, moving average crossing 200 and staying there. And you can see it tried it back in March, um, and it wasn't so successful. It just came straight back down. Um, probably yeah, you can see that related to earnings with the kind of red E at the bottom of the screen around that March symbol. Um, but actually, earnings has been quite good. I did a little bit of research into the company this week, so obviously it came into the news. So I thought I'd dig a bit, bit, bit deeper. 
And um, yeah, so they're looking to be profitable by the end of the year. Obviously, a lot of companies are saying that at the moment, of course, you know, that, that's uh, where the company's looking to go. So that that's kind of good news as well towards the end of the year. So maybe it might be one to look uh, shortlist, do your own due diligence, of course, it's just a suggestion. Um, there's no specific trade I'm playing on this, but I just wanted to bring it to people's attention that um, the technicals look good. It's broken the trend line. It looks like it's stayed above the trend line. Um, if we can trade in this in this level of 34 to 42, that'd be fantastic. I don't know what you think, think about this chart. Yeah, I like the range here. Um, looks like you've got it identified pretty well, Sean. Um, I'm curious if we just if it just ranges, like if we're really dealing with, you know, it looks like the same kind of angle of increase when we were back in the start of 23 up through March and that nice climb. And now it looks like we're kind of building the same type of, uh, you know, incline and repeating the process. So maybe it pushes, you know, again, back up through 40 and retest that level. And, you know, maybe we just keep ranging uh, for the time being, but that's, that's my immediate thoughts here. I would also like to see the, the volume stay up a little bit because you can see it's already dropped off. Um, yeah, yeah. But that happens with these big news events. Yeah, and then uh, it's not a great options play. Um, the option open interest is in few hundreds. Um, so something to keep in mind. Um, yeah. But I, I do see um, you kind of touched upon the RSI is uh, overheated right now. It's almost at what, 68, 69. Uh, MACD is still uh, on the incline, so we'll see if that kind of changes the signal as the next week progresses. Uh, but yeah, we'll touch upon Apple a little bit later uh, for folks uh, who are on the call. Uh, but yeah, I think I like this um, trade, but I, I would I would be careful getting into it from an options perspective. Yeah, it's just one to watch, I think. The break that's a trend line you drawn there, right, Sean? That's, yeah, and that's, that's back. All the way to the kind of top left of the screen, that kind of pick up there as well. Yeah, so it is positive that we're breaking that trend line. That is definitely worth. I see why you're bringing this to everybody's attention. It's worth yeah. watching. And that's why I was to highlight the twenty. If that moves through the, the two hundred, then we're, we're kind of starting to gain that momentum, that trend change, uh, potentially. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. So that concludes my set. I'll hand you over to the wonderful Nate. Hey, I'll take that intro every day. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so um, jumping into NVIDIA, uh, I definitely think we're at, we've got a range established. Um, looks like 395 to the upside and 376 on the lower end of that range. Um, these are the hourly candles, and really it's highlighting on the far left side of the, the chart the huge run, uh, the huge spike, the pennant that formed, and then a continuation up to 420. We've pulled back... Um, pretty nicely since then and kind of noticed that the top end of that range is right right around the the top end of that pennant that it formed and the bottom end is is where we've gotten some some support so i think that maybe 370 is is a good stop loss if you're going to use 376 for your support level um it's pretty tight though i mean for a, a, a stock at this price point 376 a six dollar uh Stop loss is pretty tight, but um, at the same time, this seems like a good range to trade. And if it does break below that 370 number, there's not 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 much there to help it uh, prop back up, and it could drop pretty precipitously. So my thoughts here are: um, when we get back down to that three, if we get an opportunity around 376, uh, is a good short-term trade, and then taking profits at 395, and just kind of use that window until it's no longer working. Um, would you guys like to, Sean, do you range trade much? I don't know. We've talked about that too much. 
I don't know. I prefer to break out trade. So mm -hmm. this range that you have here, I'd be looking for it to kind of break out essentially, and whether it be up or down. Um, so if it comes up above 395, which it kind of did actually early on in this chart, just before the halfway point, and um, mm -hmm. up, up to kind of 404, come back down, retest the 395, which it kind of tried to, and then push up towards 420. That would be my kind of entry point, the kind of the first pullback, shall we say, um, and then enter and go. But I'm not, I'm not a range trader. It might be different with options, of course, but for me, it's obviously shares based. Um, so I don't have that kind of premiums and, and that kind of stuff with yeah. it. Yeah. No, I think that's great perspective to just kind of add breakout trading versus range trading. It all works as long as you know what you're doing and you stay consistent with your plan. What would you say, Ken? So uh, what I'm I'm noticing that the, we had this big gap up here, Nate. I'm not sure on the on the daily chart. I'm looking at what three forty seven was back in November, and then we have the three sixty five. So so I see this break, right? If if we see a downtrend. It will be interesting to see how it fills that gap up. Option side, we it's 1.02. I mean, it, it's it's a, it makes sense that it's a kind of a 50-50 right now um, on both the bulls and bears. I think now folks are kind of trying. I, I think the AI hype is kind of dissipating or at least you know mm -hmm. taking a back seat now because a lot of companies they played the AI card during this uh, quarter two earnings. I think there was some 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 random. CNBC comment. I think there was like a 550 times uh, companies use the word AI during earnings. Wow. And I know Sean, Sean said about the NVIDIA. We have GitLab coming up. Uh, but yeah, so folks used AI hype. Now what? Because remember, market is always future looking. They're always looking forward. So now with AI out of the picture, what's next for the market? You know, you can't play the AI hype every single week or every single quarter. What's next? That is, that is a trick with hype, right? And when you get these big runs, is it has to continually, you have to have new news coming out every week, right? Saw that with the crypto space. They constantly had new news coming out, new coins, new abilities, uh, just all kinds of stuff. And then once that innovation, so to speak, stopped happening, uh, you know, there's less, less to run on. And then you really have to focus on fundamentals and everything changes. Exactly. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with NVIDIA. Another range that I've been trading quite a bit and talking about is with Mara Marathon Digital. So nice segue to crypto. And uh, I've been loving this trade. I keep talking about it. I'm going to keep talking about it till it doesn't work because it has been so consistent. This is actually zoomed in, but this range here goes back even further. Um, these are the one hour candles. And what I did here was just kind of highlight that um, uptrend, that upswing, that you, the dotted line that I've drawn in green here. Um, that is the exact same line duplicated. Like I didn't draw these individually. I drew the first one. I copied it and pasted it into the other two runs. And it just shows you how consistent these upswings have been. Um, they look like they stretch over a course of about two days, two to three days tops. And so it's a quick move that happens. So when we do get down into the buying zone at the bottom end of this range, right around nine, I like accumulating below nine between eight fifty and nine. Um, but you know, we might not get all the way down there and then it tends to take a quick move to the upside. So um, that being said, it can pause right in this mid range around 946, 950. So you don't want to go chasing um, necessarily. But again, a nice trade and something to consider given the consistency here. This is one of your favorite stocks, isn't it? I'm going to tattoo this one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You might as well at this point. 
<laughs> no, I so so no. Even 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 Nate got me into Mara. So uh, I'm like religiously sticking to the eight point five uh, cash secured put uh, price, strike price, and um, yeah, I mean. I, I think safer than sorry, but I'm happy to collect at nine as well. I mean, seeing this yeah. range, I think. Uh... I think that's fair, Kay. I think 850 is a little bit more conservative, and I think that 950 yeah. is a little too tight, right? Like, yeah. I, I would not. I think we even talked about 950 a bit last week, and it felt pretty good because we had some nice moves up. But I think that you're right. Nine, you could probably get a little bit more premium sell and cover calls there. I like that. Yeah. So my my honestly for me the goal is to you know let the 850 expire every single week if i collect 20 dollars is fine it's you know my my cash is sitting there anyways but if i can collect 20 25 dollars every single week without getting exercise i'll take it yeah 100% so when this breaks out Sean we will let you know either way we will highlight that so sean can make some consideration i was just looking on um, the kind of the longer time the 860s is, is quite a good support isn't it yeah um, absolutely. we've spoken about it before in previous weeks and you can see it in this chart as well that kind of one hour candle dropped down to that kind of 850 brought straight back up straight back up within yeah. an hour obviously yeah and i actually had that circled as like buying opportunity before yeah. i should have left that <laughs> Uh, it's exactly right, though. It's a quick buy. So, all right, good stuff. It continues to be my favorite trade, no doubt. Right behind that, though, I mean, right behind it is DraftKings this year. Um, continuing to make moves higher, but uh, definitely slowing that down just a little bit here. Um, so, oh, let's see here. So, DraftKings, um, you know, had the big push after earnings, pulled back into the buy zone that I noted. And what I'm highlighting on this chart are the uh, the trends that break in see a new high follow so you know you saw some consolidation um, pulling back into the buy zone once that trend line was broke we moved higher got above the 2613 level and then started pulling back again all the way back into the buy zone actually so i made a little bit higher low um, on this you know on these one hour candles uh, but again once it broke through it just took off and uh, back above 216 so now we're pulling back we've got a, another trend line established a little flatter this time around and we'll see what happens but uh effectively i'm looking for it to break this trend line and make another new high uh following to continue the pattern and i think that's a decent trade setup here any thoughts yeah. to add it's a, it's a nice channel and i remember last week saying it could be potential head and shoulders and it's just done the opposite really hasn't it around that kind of 24 level at the beginning of the week you can kind of see where the head and shoulders would be um, but it moved, it moved straight through that, went up to 26, and it looks like it's just ascending channel, really. Um, so I've been looking yeah. for it to kind of hold that and uh, move on upwards, yeah. Yeah, I like I the channel. Yeah, yeah the, tre the trend definitely seems like once you draw these lines, it just starts making more sense because you can clearly see it just follows the same pattern. Yeah, exactly. If you get in stock like that, then you're, you're in for a winner, aren't you? Yeah, this is this is my favorite part of trading and why I like being a technical trader is uh, identifying patterns. It's almost like a game, right? And uh, something I enjoy. So that's uh, I'm really glad to hear you guys say all these things. It really lines up and with with my thoughts here. So getting that confluence is great. Um, just be patient, right? Don't force a trade. Don't say, oh, it's going to break this trend line, so I'll get in now because it's cheaper. I mean, yeah, it's nice to get in at 24 if it does break the trend line and push to 27, 28. It's it, 
it's equally as good or you know, a little bit less good at 2550, right? If you're waiting for that to get to the, the move to the upside. But what you're not considering if you're just looking at profit potential and price is your risk, right? Way more risk taking an entry right here than if you were to wait for that trend line to break. So that's definitely a, when ahead. I started trading on the breakout trading was it was awful for me. I used to try and get in early, try to get greedy um, in the first few months of my trading. But now I take the time, I'm patient. And watch it go up, come back, retest, enter there, step my, set my stop loss with low risk, and then hopefully off it goes. Um, but yeah, always stay patient and stick to your rules and keep learning. Do you have a hard time? This is the thing I have the hardest time with. I'll see the breakout happen, but I don't wait for the candle to close. And it's not really a full candle. It hasn't closed, right? It could break through and reverse and pull all the way back, and then it's not a breakout at all, right? And yeah. uh, so to your <laughs> To your point, you have to wait for the full close, the retest close, and then the in the breakout, right? Do you struggle with that, also? I have done, yeah, I do, yeah. most definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like to think I've evolved from that a little bit, but yeah, That's it, it gets us all. The emotions are always there, aren't they? Of course they are. Uh, you think, oh yeah, I'll do it this time; it's fine. Um, but yeah, it happens on a very rare occasion now, which is which is great to see. That's that's exactly right. And um, yeah. I just think it's important to highlight that kind of stuff, right? It's not like I just woke up and knew how to trade. I made all of these mistakes along the way and every now and again, they sneak back in. So yeah, yeah. no one's perfect. Are they? That's why you have the fear and greed index, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, the most simple uh, options trading phrase I've, I've learned and it's really one to stick by is uh, puts on the pop and calls on the drop, right? You just play the opposite um, to some degree. And uh, yeah, tends to out well. that being said, <laughs> When you get the breakout, you know, you got to trade the breakout. Mm. So uh, I love these segues this week. I don't mean to do this, you guys. <laughs> you're getting better at it. That's, that's what you're, you're, gonna get, you're just uh, what better at it. You're secretly uh, planning it. I know you are. <laughs> I spend hours on this. <laughs> I spend hours on the chart. Zero time on the run through. Uh, so it's so, so funny how that works. So anyways, IWM. Highlighted this last week. I hope everybody uh, paid attention. And if you were able to get in and take advantage of this trade, congrats to you. I was able to get in and make some good money this week on IWM short-term trade. And I'll tell you exactly how it went down. So last week, um, Sean, you made the excellent comment that, you know, this is a great start, but not an actual breakout, right? We still had to wait for, you know, a little bit more information. And that's exactly what we got on Tuesday. We had a retest and you can see that lower wick, the bottoming tail bouncing off of the 179. And that is where I got a little bit bullish and said, okay, I think we got support here. I'm getting in. And it rocketed right to the 187 in two days time. Um, really nice trade you can make there. And now we're, we're kind of settling in and seeing what happens at this 187 level. I did draw a little bit of a trend line there to show that we're, we're holding that and want to see that continue to move higher um to continue these gains but i think it's kind of tough at this point i wouldn't be as excited about a big trade in iwm right now this is more of a wait and see type of spot but a great trade last week that's yeah, awesome. definitely definitely a wait and see isn't it i think the move has already happened if you get you've got gains on that then fantastic um but with the high macro news events kind of coming up this week is one to potentially just stay away from for now yeah in my opinion Mm. Yeah. So it's the same as spy and QQQ, you know, it's the, you, you keep yeah. the same. Yeah. It's going to get impacted. Yeah. I will say on a broader positive note, you know, I've been sounding probably a little bit bearish in the very near term. Um, but 
this is a positive sign. The small caps breaking out of a consolidation phase when we're trying to get a bull market uh, in, to take effect and move higher, um, you want to see small caps cooperating in if they're leading the way, even better. I don't think they're leading right now by any stretch, but uh, you want to see them cooperate and follow suit and maybe even catch up to the tech trade would be great. So from your experience, Nate, is this people diversifying and potentially going a bit more risk on if they're getting to smaller caps? I do think that that's a fair statement. There's more risk on if you're getting into the small caps here, and, and it's definitely more of a bullish uh, trade for sure. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the, the, if you think about it, the, the small caps, it's a large number of stocks that make up the, um, you know, the consumer eco- economy to some degree. Like uh, it really speaks to the health of the economy and how well these businesses are able to maneuver um, in the current environment. So when you see them breaking out, it's, it's definitely a positive sign in my mind anyways. The yeah, volume too is not bad. No, I think that that's a fair point because, um, you know, even uh, last week, uh, you kept hearing that only like what, seven, nine stocks uh, on the index are actually pulling the market. And when that happens, if you have a break point in one of those two stocks for some reasons, it will pull the entire market down. But if you see start breaking out where you see the small cap and the mid caps also pulling the market relatively, when the pullback happens for larger stocks, you wouldn't see those big drawdowns as you would see with, let's say, Apple crashes for some reason. It will take the whole market down because the market has been propped up by Apple. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Kay. So that's good stuff. Um, hopefully you guys, again, got in on this trade last week and we'll see what happens with all the crazy news this week. But that is my last chart. So, okay, I will hand it over to you. Beautiful. So uh, you can see I have made the... Uh, now it's a pink candle instead of a red candle. So I did some <laughs> uh, modifications in my color coding. But anyway, so... It's helping me, Kay. This yeah. is helping me. I love Perfect. it. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> so um, big event, uh, Vision Pro. That was the talk of the town. That was the whole week. I think the Wall Street is still digesting it. We saw this big breakup at 184.95, but you can see that it couldn't hold up right it just pulled back uh the whole hype around the the product and and now i think it's trying to find where should it go because you are already at the all-time high for the stock and then we didn't see that massive breakout that you know you saw with a stock like nvidia when they talked about ai we didn't get that kind of a reaction with a $35 price tag, sorry, $3,500 price tag on the Vision Pro, it is not something that you will see uh, the mass adoption in the first year. It's going to take a couple iterations before, you know, it really is, um, um, you know, adopted within the uh, larger, you know, consumer base. We saw uh, Mark Zuckerberg came out. He ha- he took a few shots at uh, Apple as well. Uh, but hey, this is all fair in, you know, uh, in this corporate war. A uh, couple things that is very interesting now, what I'm seeing is the 50-day moving average is 149. Uh, and now, because we didn't see that breakout, it kind of starts seeing, and we are at 68. So you are the RSI is 68, which is also very elevated, right? Uh, so the buying pressure, interestingly, now where does the stock go from here? It's, I, I think the next, if the drop down, drawdown happens, I will target the 171 level, likely, uh, because that's on the fib, fib, fib retracement. 
Um, and then as you can see, the volume has started dissipating a little bit. You know, that was obvious that would happen with Apple. Um, what do you guys see? I mean, from a, from a put to call, it's 0.84, so kind of bullish. On the call side, we have 110,000 call options expiring at 185 next week. Oof. 110,000 with quad witching. And why that is happening, which makes complete sense, because Apple is one of those stocks that is held by majority of institutions, right? Uh, it's, uh, you know, QQQ, SPY, you know, those has a lot and a lot of ETFs, a lot of mutual funds have Apple. So it makes complete sense. On the put side, you have 92,000 put options expiring at 165. So at least from the chart, I don't see it pulling back to 165. I think 171 looks a more um, likely scenario, but if it can break that, you know, uh, 184 that's why you have a 110,000 calls at 100 and, uh, at 80 185 what do you guys see I'm you with you first? go ahead Sean no you go first I was gonna say the 172 level I'm with you that looks like clear support and I'm always impressed by these fib levels right if anybody's not familiar with Fibonacci uh, levels you know what Kay's done here is you drop from the the low point to the high point of the chart and just just looking at this i mean it the the candles respect these levels so well so 172 you can see that there was some consolidation there before moving higher um and then if we got a major drawdown in the market so i'm talking a little longer term uh that 50 percent line is always one to watch and that's at 154 roughly mm -hmm. and you can see where that was resistance before and would provide some nice support so yeah, I, I love using the fibs here. They, they look like it, it works really well here. Just a question, Kay, with uh, the fibs. Do you use on every single uh, stock or just the kind of bigger ones? And, mm -hmm. and the, you know, is... the funny thing you asked that question, I actually use fib on every single stock. That's how I actually first get the idea on the range. And okay. then uh, I, if it completely doesn't make any sense and the, and the chart is completely off, that's when I remove the fib and, and I try to draw the the resistance uh, based on what I can see. But I think FIB really works well on most of the stocks. In my case, I am a, I, I trade large large names, mega caps, so uh, on option side. So it just, the FIB just works well on those very well. I don't, I haven't tried. It works on SoFi also, by the way. It's not a mega cap. Uh, yeah, I think if you have good well. volume, right? Yeah. If you have good volume, you get enough data, it tends to work. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right, so that's Apple. Next one is Google, and and Google is a very interesting chart. I think uh, we have been uh, again. I'm a big mega cap fan, so Apple, Google, we cover every single week. Um, you know, I I feel like it's forming that, you know, support level at 122. This is now the 122.23 is the high from the last year August, and then the 131.55 is the high from April of 2022. So we couldn't see, the AI hype was not able to break that uh, that level. So I'm probably gonna change the FIB level. I'm gonna move it up to 129. So you'll see a little bit of variation in the next week's so chart. But um, I think right now it's trying to find the next uh, catalyst for the stock to move. Now, I generally trade based on the news as well. So I'm more of a, like a sentiment kind of a trader, if you wanna say that see the sentiment, see the news, and, and then plan the breakout. Oh, sorry, then plan the trade. Um, AI hype is kind of the backstage now, right? The earnings are over. It's done. 
the 50 day moving average is 112. So that could be a potential uh, retest to of that level. MACD is starting to curl as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so with that said, uh, the put to call is 0.76. So still very positive. Uh, next week we have 36,000 or almost 37,000 call options expiring at 125. You have about 14,000 at 120. So definitely you can see that uh, there's a lot more bullish action. Uh, This is also held by a lot of ETFs and mutual funds and index funds. So again, a a major name uh, for these companies. What what do you guys see? I see a gap. What do you see that gap, Sean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I see it. it, Yes. I also see that this, this support line is very, very critical, shall we say. That Which we're seeing one? one now, the sorry, one twenty-two, twenty-three. Like I was saying, yeah, mm. it's uh, it looks like it's one to hold if we can. Like that meme you said earlier, hold, hold on. <laughs> yeah, it really <laughs> does look like it's trying to hold here. I agree. And you um, and the gap that you mentioned, right? If it if it drops to that gap, that will be touching the fifty-day moving average. That, that's Ooh, exactly yeah. yeah. Get out of my head, Kay. That's exactly what. I was <laughs> so that's that a very. Interesting uh, point of gravity there. But uh, yeah, uh, I think that, like you guys said, uh, just to kind of beat the horse a little bit, 122 needs to hold. Um, I don't think 116 is the strongest support level there. Obviously, a little bit of stalling out. So if it doesn't hold that 122, why not fill the gap, retest or test the uh, 50 day and see what happens? Seems to make sense to me. Yeah. Also, if you have that fifty day, if you if you drew a trend line from the, of the, the recent low back in, I don't I can't figure out what it is, but if you drew that trend line, it kind of follows the fifty. That's another point of confluence as well. Kind of yeah. backing up that, that support. Yeah, I I was actually trading this on a weekly basis, Google, uh, but I kind of stopped once we had this big gap up here. I kind of pulled back because I I do uh, cash secured puts. So I I want to actually see if it can come back to this and touch this uh, 50 day moving average. That would be a good entry point uh, for the CSPs again. That'd be ideal. Cool. What do we have next? We have SoFi. That's uh, the next one is SoFi. This is uh, another beautiful gap up chart, I guess. It's up 14% in five days. That's so, insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the RSI is 83. So I, I don't know what else you can call overheated. This is the classic definition of overheated. The 50-day moving average is uh, 5.85. So, um, you know, if it's a pullback, it's going to be a major pullback there. Uh, we had this big gap up. Of course, price is elevated because of that. What, what very interestingly, you know, I think uh, I, I forget which chart you were showing. We have this big, massive wick that you can see. Now, generally, uh, when that happens, right, it, it kind of shows that the the buyer stepped in to push the stock higher, but then eventually the sellers won that race, right? And then that kind of tops up at the eight twenty four. So it still has not been able to break that February high. So next week is going to be very interesting with all the options expiring, all the news happening. Can it break the February high? And I think if that is going to be a very psychological level for the stock, if it can break that, we might even see um, you know new highs for SoFi. Otherwise, I honestly I think I'm going to keep that the the rectangle shape that I have there is I feel like it should come back to those levels for trading uh, if we see a substantial pullback. Um, like your Neon, like your Palantir, 
0.6 on the put to call very positive by the way you have to look at this next week at $10 you have 15.8000 so 15 15800 contracts on the call side expiring can yeah, you what, guys what strike at $10 i thought you said 10 yes okay. <laughs> uh, i want you i want both of you to guess for the put side i'll give you the number at $5 can you guess the number of contracts ex- expiring next week just take a wild guess how much Zero. would you st- yeah i was going to say none five dollars none okay how about you sean none yeah i said none yeah it's yeah. 81000 contracts expiring at five dollars then 100000 at 10 no 15 15000 oh 15000 at wow. 10 exactly so i don't know i don't know what to make out of that data point but it's just interesting when you see these data points you're like hmm why are so many contracts uh, bearish on sofi so uh something for the folks uh, who are listening or who will listen later if you if you trade sofi um keep that data point you know handy track that and see how that plays out it's it's interesting you say 10 because when I've looked at the chart as well because I've been tracking it recently as well for trades um if there's not much in the way from this point once it gets past this resistance point of course it's not much in the way to 10 yeah and probably why you're saying that and and that's quite a big jump isn't it it's about 23% up at that top of my head. on on top of the 14% that they have already done is exactly yeah exactly from so, that 8 8 dollar level that's um still quite another push so and that's what happens with retail stocks sometimes isn't it yeah yeah i was going to say uh, so the chart overall doesn't look too bad right i mean we're making a higher low and higher highs and all that um but you you mentioning those $5 strike puts is this is is this a um just people like i was trying to mention earlier this you you know euphoric rise here are folks trying to cover their positions mm. um well there could be couple things right one is because it's a quad witching when most of contracts are expiring so a lot of yep. a lot of premiums are on these kind of dates right like for example i have uh i think seven contracts at $6 expiring so i closed those contracts out because the when we had this massive gap ups you know i made enough uh, i i had like 90 95% of the cash secured put uh, uh profits i captured and i closed my contracts so there could be people like that who have a lot ton of puts open at $5 yeah. uh on csps now it's very hard to decipher whether it's a csp or just a pure uh put option Either way, someone's buying that call on the other end, right? Exactly. Or that put on the other end, excuse me. Yeah. So, but yeah, the fact that we got the higher high though. I mean, back to the chart. Um, just to comment on that a bit, Kay, the the higher high this week was really good to see even though we didn't close above it. Um, it showed there's some appetite there and it's just an incredibly volatile stock. So, that those that option information is interesting heading in the quad witching. I would not uh be surprised if we got a bit of a pullback and if we did uh it would be really nice to see that 670 level hold and i actually like accumulating between that 650 675 kind of level if that happens yeah yeah i mean i mean if it gets a pullback i'm back to opening a csp zone so far nice yeah shot right. anything you want to add on before i jump off to the next one uh, well yeah just um my buy zone is 650 to 7 i just come back to my chart so i thought i i thought i actually put a buy zone out and i did um it is 650 to that 7 what did so i similar, put similar, yeah. similar sort of area 
Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So yeah, same. Yeah, it's pretty similar. 624, 671 is what I expect it to range. Okay, cool. All right, moving on. This is one of my favorite stocks for uh, running weekly and bi-weekly uh, options Whoa. trade. I think if you want to take away anything from this, it's uh, the $30 is the magic level for Intel. It's You can see that they have respected. It breaks down. It pulls back up. And then it just kind of breaks down. Uh, and it, the thirty dollars is, I think, has been this uh, this level for a while now for Intel. And unless there's a catalyst on either side, whether the company is going down the drain or they come up with some innovative product, I don't see any news that can break up, break up, you know, have a breakout for Intel at this point in time. So if it trades sideways, I think. Keeping $30 as a level, if you do options trading, I think could be a good way to, for an entry point and then a, a good way to, you know, uh, trade um, because this level is just has been being respected on a, on a pretty long scale now. Um, next week, you know, compared to SoFi, the options expiration at 32 is 21,000 and at 30, it's 32,000. So you can see even on the option side, you have a lot of data at $30 level because that's just has been a standard level for a while now. So, so yeah, this man. to me looks quite bullish. Yeah. I don't I, know if I you kind of, other same thoughts. Um, I kind of agree, Sam. Go ahead. Yeah, there's just a, it's above. So the resistance has been hit in the previous months. I can't quite see what those months are, just uh, from, uh, you know, from an accuracy point of view. But you can see in the recent one, we've got, we just bounced off really the 50 uh, day moving average. Um, we're at that FIB level of, Again, about 30, 18. So you mentioned the 30 level. Um, even though it's a red candle on Friday, it still looks like a fairly bullish red candle or, you know, more, less bearish, shall we say, than uh, what it could have been. But yeah, I, I see actually positive momentum for Intel. Yeah. Don't know what you were thinking about, Nate. Yeah, I was going to say, you draw a trend line from that most recent um, low, which is back in March. And it looks like, it, you know, ignoring the blip that just happened recently, the big drop down, um, that trend line kind of traces right on up to where we're at and would hold where the that 50 day moving average is and right around that 30 level that which was clearly prior resistance and now mm -hmm. looks like it's support. So yeah, I'm wondering if we've got a new range here to trade between 30 and 34. That'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, if you day trade, or I think that that could be a pretty good range for you too. Because on options, I cannot, you know, on options it's a weekly expiration. So mm -hmm. I think getting in thirty dollars, and if if you get it, then you sell it, add the money at thirty dollars itself, and the and the the premium is your benefit, is the profit that you make. Yeah, you're talking about selling the cash secured puts there. Yeah, yeah. So because I am an options trader, I just buy using CSP and sell using covered costs. Oh, so you never buy shares to, with the intention to sell. You get into your shares using uh, cash secured puts, and that's that's how yes, that yes. That I mean, I just trade options, you know, day in and day out. That's pretty much it. However, I sometimes do open options and close the options on the same day. Depends upon uh, the stock. Yeah, that does make sense. I, I'm, I'm following you there. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, a great trade in Intel. You've got my attention. I mentioned that to you earlier before we got on the call here today. Like, I was not paying attention to Intel, and you've got me squarely looking. So Listen, you, you get me on Mara, I got you on Intel. There we're, just, we're just sharing ideas here. I love it. Sean showed us the way with Palantir. I mean, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, we got one more left, right, Kay? Yes, and this is this is the blockbuster uh, of our find, right? So I think uh, one of the things, by the way, I did not have any trades in place. This was just for uh, our purposes. And I know the, the screenshot looks a little bit bad on this one, but we have been talking about GitLab for a couple of weeks now, right? We have been looking at this trade. We have been speculating. We have been hypothesizing. Our hypothesis was that if they talk about AI, it's going to break the $43. Yeah. And after hours, they reported AI, I think, what, like 10 or 15 times during the earnings? Yeah. Uh, it did break. And now it's sitting at, uh, let me see the number exactly. I think it's right now around the 4661. Um, yeah. The earning per se was not that great. But nobody is listening to the earnings. Everybody is listening to the AI part. And that's what pushed the stock higher. Now, if you are going to invest, by the way, this is, I'm talking from an investment standpoint. If you're going to invest in GitLab, I would um, be careful investing in this company. Why? Because um, they are not a profitable company like other stocks. Yes, it's on the AI hype wagon. Uh, but from a trading perspective, I, I think I'm just going to stay clear. Uh, I just found this uh, a good trading opportunity and I wanted to test my hypothesis along with you guys. I know you guys you know, provided your thoughts on this one. It worked out well. I think it's going to trace back uh, because the street will quickly realize that, hey, listen, the hype is over and let's get back to see the fundamentals of the company. It's not profitable yet. So that's my take. Yeah, the trend line that uh, if you go back to that November uh, high point and you draw a trend across the peaks, um, we're now above that trend line. So it does look like it broke above that, but I'm with you when you have no real positive earnings news and everything is just based on the AI uh, kind of information or hype. Uh, it's not as strong of a move and I could see this being a bit of a fake out and pulling back. So I agree. You know, it's, it's definitely positive to see this movie. It was a great trade you highlighted, by the way. I mean, really great trade. Um, but I'm sure Sean can speak to that. Um, but yeah, at this point, I think it's a, again, take, take your profits and wait and see. Yeah. For me, this one, I played the lottery. I must admit, um, <laughs> I played a very, very small position. You can do that. If, uh, and I was willing to obviously lose the whole trade, of course. And uh, I had it in my head that 10% loss, 10, 15, six, most earnings generally, I think it's kind of five to 15% gain or loss. Um, with these kind of smaller market cap stocks. Um, and I honestly, I probably got lucky. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I made quite a lot of gains, I guess, um, you know, relative to the amount I put on. And, uh, yeah, okay, thank you very much for that, of course. Uh, I took the risk. It's my risk. It's my due diligence. I had a look into balance sheets and all that kind of stuff beforehand. So I made that decision to go long, and it paid off. Um, but, yeah, no, obviously, with, with high risk, so it's not recommended, of course. I think that's a great point, though, Sean. What you just just kind of highlighted was we we touch on probabilities and potential setups, right? But um, you know, this this one in particular was a high risk, high reward, and they could have very easily gone the other way, especially given the earnings report numbers, right? Um, but that was the setup, so we highlight it. And if you want to take the risk, you know, there's some risk involved. I think it's really smart what you said there is you understood that what your losses could be first and. I think that's the way you enter any trade. Understand what your losses are, size your position accordingly, which sounds like you did exactly. So that if you did, you know, if it did go the other way, you weren't losing sleep over it. 
but it was a really nice potential opportunity to make some really good money, which, mm-hmm. hey, worked out this time. I love it. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is amazing. And I, I think what you said completely makes sense. And I think it's for every listener on the call. And if you're trading, right, our role is to present opportunities that we see. Uh, some of these trades we are actively involved in. So, for example, Nate does Mara every single week. I do Intel every single week. Uh, Sean does uh, Neo and Palantir every week. So some trades, we are always there. So we have a much, much better uh, take on it. Some stocks like these that we find out and say, okay, you know what? We're going to track it for a couple of weeks and see how that trade plays out. Uh, But yeah, always do your due diligence right in that aspect. You know, our job is to present some ideas and as uh, Sean did his own risk management and risk, you know, tolerance. uh, And then he played. Well, congratulations on that, Sean. Uh, I'll try to keep up. I'll find some more new deals for you in the next oh, coming. Fantastic. Time. Yeah. Keep, yeah. keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, this is this has been great. Another great week. Um, what I would say heading into next week is it's going to be quite volatile, most likely. So, um, you know, personally, I'm going in with a little bit of caution. I actually am net, uh, net to the downside if, you know, looking at my overall positions. Um, but, Again, just for this week, given all the uh, uncertainty, I think it's, it's definitely uh, worth taking a, a bit of a cautious approach. And, um, you know, hopefully last week you got in some good trades and, you know, we highlighted those. We'll go through a few more next week and see how we did this, you know, with our coverage this week. And every Sunday, uh, tune in and we'll do this again. We go over some of the familiar stocks that you're used to seeing, but we touch on, you know, whatever we see that jumps off the page like GitLab did last week so another thanks again for that Kay. um so that's all for me um how about you guys any any parting words before we wrap up okay i'll let you go first this time yeah well i'll all say you know with the so many things combining coming up next week uh i'm just going to stay put i'm not going to be actively trading uh if you are into options and you want to uh, get into options uh, uh opening contracts i think a good idea would be not to try the 16th and maybe look for the week following or the four, or two weeks, three weeks out. That way, you, if anything happens, at least you'll have enough time for it to recover. So um, I'm not going to look for any expirations of June 16th. That's just uh, how I'm looking at. So we'll trade safe and uh, hopefully you make a lot of uh, money next week as well. Yeah, just for me, the, the, the don't force trades. And if you find yourself mm-hmm. in trades, take a step back. And um, consider learning about a bit more about the markets to learn a few more indicators. Uh, just you know, go back on your trades. Take these kind of few days off. You know, let the market do its thing, and work on yourself before before looking at the markets and really get kind of your kind of confidence in tune in, in a way, so you can come back the following week with a little bit of you know attitude and get go. You know. You know, what? <laughs> you know what I'm noticing? I was like overly bearish or bullish. Excuse me. I think it was last week. Like really bullish going into the week, right? And then how quickly a week changes. This week, I couldn't be more bearish. Like I just feel like that's just me. I wouldn't run with that necessarily because who, who knows. But I just find that very interesting. That these markets have been so volatile and there's so much information to trade on that week by week, I mean, I'm swinging pretty pretty heavily. So, yeah, something to, to note, I guess. Yeah. And that's the fun about trading, right? Every single week is a new week. Yeah, always something to discuss, something new to discover, always an opportunity. Back to Sean's point to, to put a bow on it. Don't force the trade. I mean, there's always another opportunity. So if something's not looking right, you just really want to get in. Oh, I know NVIDIA is going to break out again. We'll wait for it to, to show the right signs. 
and look for other trades in the meanwhile, right? Um, that's all part of the process. So you'll, your account will thank you for that. I guarantee that much. So, yes. all right, guys. Well, another great week. Thanks again um, for joining us. If you have any follow-up questions, make sure you, you ping us on Twitter or here on YouTube. Both Sean and Kay have great channels here, and uh, we'll continue to provide this value every week. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you, guys. Take care. See you guys.